God bless you. Thank God for you. Uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we are in, the, in this prophetic hour. Uh, we are in, in an extreme prophetic time, and, and we are closing in on the rapture. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly uh, that there's going to be new strength, new energy given to the faithful ones uh, to accomplish great things in little time. Uh, but Lord, we thank you in these last hours. May our ears be open to the true prophetic utterance of the word of God. May we close our ears to the fake and the false. May we know uh, supernaturally by the spirit man, uh, the false, the lie, the deceiver, the deception. Uh, may we understand that the thief has come. And may we run from him, may we run from that message, and may we know our God and know the truth of our God in Jesus' mighty name. I speak life over you. I speak strength over you. I pray that there would be a, a severity that comes up on the inside of you. I, I speak just a, a, a radical ability uh, in Jesus' name. I pray the word of God inside of you becomes revolutionary uh, to such a point that you release it with such power and might in Jesus' mighty name. Satan, you've been defeated. Uh, we are the faithful ones of Jesus Christ. We win. Uh, we possess great victory already in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, once again, God bless you. I love you. Uh, share this. I don't know. Uh, go ahead and text a few of your friends. Tell them, get on this uh, feed uh, pastor's going to talk to us this morning. Amen. Take your Bibles, and you always ought to have a Bible, a pen, and a paper. Hey, let me help you. Uh, church people, you come to church, and what we, we release in church is not a pep rally. Church is not a pep rally. We don't have pom-poms. We're not cheering you on. Now, I cheer you on in prayer, but that's not what church is. Uh, a church is where we're strategizing, we're learning, we're being encouraged, empowered, enlightened, but we're strategizing uh, concerning the hour in which we're in. Uh, the, the, these strategic plans of God are so important that you write them down. Now, if you go to battle or if you played sports uh, at, at a high level, uh, you'll understand the importance of understanding the plan or the strategy uh, that the one over you releases. Well, the one over us is God, and he releases them uh, through Jesus Christ and your pastor. Now, I'm not uh, next to Jesus Christ. I'm under, but Jesus Christ, the word of God, comes through me in order to enrich you. Uh, so get these things written down. Meditate these things. Uh, once again, we're in a prophetic season. We're in a prof uh, more so than ever before. You've heard me tell this. Uh, every word uh, one-fourth of every word is prophetic in the Bible. The Bible's a, in a prophetic book. Uh, the reason God wrote it in prophecy is to build us up. Uh, we see the things of God coming to pass that should give us strength, that should build us. Amen. Also warn us, also prepare us. That's what prophecy does. But in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, now I talked to my wife on the way in, and I, I said, please, next week, uh, get she's she's a a, a studier. Uh, she knows this end time uh, eschatology. Uh, she's severe, but she just doesn't like the camera and 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 the you know the being front and so on and so forth. But I said please next week have a few points. So you pray, you believe, you text her. Uh, maybe you call her and say we need you on the podcast. Amen. But we'll get started in, in the second, First Timothy 4th chapter. It says, now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it's no different, write this down, 
if God speaks to you audibly or he speaks to you by the Holy Spirit, it's no different. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. It's not an offshoot. It's not an off-brand of God. It's not the, the least of heaven. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are all equal, uh, equal in ability, equal in power, uh, equally one. There is, it's a three-part being but one, just like you are a three-part being. Uh, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, but those three parts make up the entirety of you. So when the spirit speaks expressly, we can say this, God speaks uh, expressly uh, that in latter times or concerning latter times. Now, some of you don't believe, I even talk to pastors that don't believe we're in the last days. They, they think kind of we got like 20 years. Well, whether we got two days or 20 years, uh, in, in the scope of uh, time on earth, 20 days and two years uh, to what's behind us already uh, from the beginning of time, that that points to the, the very end of the end. Uh, I don't know how, how old the planet is. I don't want to get into that with you. Uh, but if you look at 20 years to, let's just say, 5,000 years, that's like moments. So we're in the last days. Now, is that bad news? No. It's, it's extremely good news. The believer's main goal is to go to heaven. We're here on an assignment. Let's finish our assignment. Let's finish strong. Let's not get weary. Let's not get sloppy. Let's not get tired. Let's not get old. Then on and on it goes. Let's finish strong. But we're not. our plan's not to stay here. We're not building a kingdom here. All right? We're, we're establishing an embassy of our kingdom. That's what God sent us to do. Uh, we, we have a part of our kingdom here a fellowship of our kingdom here. But our kingdom is not this earth, and we're not supposed to set up a kingdom here on this earth. Our kingdom is in heaven for a time, and then God will come back, build a new heaven, a new earth, and then that'll be our reigning kingdom, and that's where we'll spend eternity. Amen. That's pretty good preaching already. But he said, in latter times, some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, I want to help you here this morning. A lot now. I'm not talking to the non-believer. I want to talk directly to the believer. I believe we may attract some non-believers, but I believe we're gonna we're dealing with the, a high percentage of believers, and this was written to believers. So you got to understand. And some of you are listening right now and saying, "Well, I, I don't believe that I'm being seduced by demon spirits." Well, that's the power of deception. It, 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 some of you don't even know, but I can even see it in, in some of your lives. Now, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'll get a little deeper into this, but you look at this. Uh, Satan within deception deceives us, and, and, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, uh, deceives us to the point where uh, he tries to deceive you in thinking that life is just, or that, that the, the demonic things of life are just life. He tries to reduce uh, the, the attacks of Satan, the life of Satan, the life of a demon-driven person to just under the guise of life or the disguise of life. So let, let's say right now uh, you as a Christian are being driven by fear. Let's say there's something going on. Let's say, uh, I don't know, there's a bank thing. There's a, a, you know, a, a legal thing going on. And everything you do is, is driven by fear. You're tormented by this thing. Well, there's a demon behind that driving you to do that. Uh, if you're driven by the kingdom of God, by the spirit of God, uh, you're not going to be driven. You're not going to be tormented. There's no torment under the spirit of God. 
You can't find torment biblically. Uh, let's say this. Let's say a, a, another disguise of Satan's deception is loose Christianity, 2023 Christianity. Let's think about that for a second, to where uh, we now have reduced our Christian walk uh, to, I don't let, let's just say, uh, a nor- a normality, uh, you know, life. Uh, you know, hey, pastor, relax a little bit. We don't always have to come to church. Hey, preacher, we don't have to pray all day. Hey, hey, pastor, relax. It's 2023. The things of God have changed. No, no, I didn't say that. That's what you say under deception. The things of God has not changed. You look at this. You think about uh, how severe a gospel we have. You think how, how severe, you think how revolutionary the word of God is. Uh, to where God sends his son Jesus from another planet supernaturally into a womb of a woman without a man's help, number one. That man grows up on this earth, and then that man challenges the, the, the very basis of Christianity or what it has been reduced to from the Old Testament prophecy unto a modern age. Think about this now. This is radical. And then Jesus, uh, in challenging, he, he causes an, an uproar in, in all religion in the land. And this religious leaders uh, pursue him in order to kill him because his message was too radical uh, for the modern day. Come on now, I'm preaching pretty good. Uh, the message of Jesus Christ is radical. The message of Jesus Christ is, is progressive. The message of Jesus Christ, come on now. You ought to say amen. Maybe take a lap around your house. The message of Jesus Christ is revolutionary. Now, I can talk like this. I, I'm bold about it because it changed my life. I, I, I can't preach a dead gospel because it was within the gospel that my, my life was revolutionized. I'm a product of this power. I'm a product of the ability of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. And if you're just dead, if you're a dead Christian, if you're dead, if you're not excited about the things of God, you are deceived. You're, you're, you've fallen prey to this deceptive spirit. Come on now. Uh, go ahead. You say amen. Don't get nervous about it, but you can still say amen. It's time to wake up. You can break yourself out of it. Some of you even know it. It surfaces like a lethargy or like you're the lethargic and just the pursuit of God. You need to break out of it. The number one way to break out of it is begin to pray in other tongues. I'm not talking about just pray a cute little Christian prayer. I'm talking about hyperdrive. I'm talking about put that thing into overdrive and pray like you've never prayed before. And the Bible says that you'll rise up to new levels. Praying in tongues will not only build, it's not going to build your spirit up at all, but not only build up your soul, but it also will build up your flesh. It'll charge your flesh spiritually, and it'll charge your soul spiritually. It's not going to charge your spirit, but your spirit, with help from the Holy Spirit, will charge your flesh and your soul. And that's uh, where deception is. It's in your flesh and in your soul. That's where sin is, in your flesh and in your soul. Preaching pretty good. Amen. Glory to God. Let's look at this now. Now, the Bible talks about in, in last days. I want to look at this for a second. In last days, just to give you an idea of where we're at, uh, uh, in, in the third chapter, 2 Timothy, verse 1, now this know also that in last days perilous times shall come. Now, a word perilous, we can say hard times shall come. Uh, we're living in hard times, even though the blessing 
is taken care of us. We have the blessing. We have the promises of God. We have the favor of God. We, we have the ability to have faith in God, to transfer, uh, transmit into the kingdom of God, pull down help from the kingdom of God in faith, of course. But it doesn't change the time. We are in hard times. Uh, if you were to, to look around right now, if you're deceived, uh, you, you probably don't even recognize the hard times because there's no no uh, demonic pressure against you. But if, if you're severe, you can feel the demonic pressure. You can feel, you know, you've got to fight off this demon f- uh, force or influence to continue in the things of Jesus Christ. He had to deal with it. The disciples had to deal with it. You go do this. You go study. Uh, Jesus on the cross of Calvary, the torture chamber before the cross of Calvary, how brutal it was. You go study the death of the original apostles. You just go study uh, uh, what it, what they paid, the price they paid. Well, the reason they had to pay that price is because they were radical. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I, I watched the other day, I'm kind of embarrassed sometimes of Christianity because I see the, the, the lack of this radical pursuit but Kim and I, we go to Winter Park a lot, and we see Jehovah's Witness. They're not Jehovah's Witness. They're, they're, they use that name, but they're not witnessing for Jehovah. They don't even believe Jehovah was the son of God. But they're out there in, in, the, in the rain, the heat, the sun, and they stand there and they hold their little uh, card you know, to, to attract attention. Then they begin to talk to people and try to convert people, and, and they don't even know the truth. We know the truth. We're the only people, Christians are the only people on the planet that know the divine truth, the divine will of God is a true Christian. Can someone say amen to that? And then you think about this, if you got the Holy Spirit, you're the only person on the planet that has permission by God to share the word of God. If you look at the Bible prophecy, last chapters of Matthew, last chapters of Mark, uh, last chapters of Luke and John, that they all say the same thing in their account. Jesus was leaving and, and, and wait for the Holy Spirit. After you receive the Holy Spirit, then you go do this. Well, the Holy Spirit is what radicalizes you. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm about to take a lap. I've been radicalized by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that term it may scare some of you, but how else do you say it? When, when someone like me knew Jesus Christ, think about this for a second. I knew Jesus Christ. I knew, I knew of the cross of Calvary. I, I was deceived for a long time in my life, uh, you know, under the guise of Christianity is me getting to heaven and living like hell while I'm here on this earth. But thank God for his grace that, that I'll, you know, graduate someday to something greater than a sinner. Well, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it radically changed me. It, it changed the way I think. It changed the way I talk. It, it gave me ability beyond myself. It gave me a holy boldness that no man can stop. It, it, it gave me a fearlessness. I fear no thing, no person on the planet except my God, and that's a healthy reverence. But I don't, I don't fear what man can do to me. I don't fear. Why? Because this great marvelous power of the Holy Ghost has come on the inside of me and has given me power and ability over demons, over demonic threats, over people possessed by demons and their threats too, over uh, social networks, over societies on the earth that are under the, the hand, under the control of Satan. I do not fear them. I have been radicalized. You cannot stop me. Uh, I, I am an 
unstoppable force because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I want to go to church. I want more church. I don't have to go to church. I don't come to church out of natural responsibility. I desire to be in the house of my God. I desire to read his word. I desire to pray in the Holy Ghost. I long for the things of God because I've been radicalized internally by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Come on now, say amen. But if you don't think like that, chances are you're you're deceived, either partially or fully deceived. Now, I say partially because uh, that resonates with you. Like what I'm saying, you're like, yeah, preach it, Pastor. But then when this show, this broadcast ends, then you're going to go back to, well, uh, you know, I'll live a half-Christian life and I'll do uh, just what's required to get into heaven. Shame on you, uh, especially in this hour. Shame on you. I think we even have a story for some of you. The Bible says, I'll get back to the scripture. You pay attention. The Bible says there was 10 virgins. Uh, All of them were radical. That's the word of the day. Hashtag radical 2023. All of them were radicalized for Jesus Christ. All of them were severe. All of them were, were, were very picky about their life. They wanted to be uh, you know, bless God with, with how they lived, how they talked, how they dressed, how they acted. Well, along the line, five of them became deceived. Now, not only were they deceived, but they didn't even know they were deceived. They still hung around the other five that were radicalized and, and that held on to their, their, their you know, truth. Uh, but it wasn't until the light came, the light shined, that the other five knew that they had missed it. And the Bible said that five had access, the five that held the fire, the five that kept the fire, the five that were passionate about the things of God, the five that were righteous, the five that were holy, the five that that had a radical pursuit of the things of God, they gained access uh, to the supper or to God. The other five that were deceived did not gain access or did not have the access to go to heaven. Now, I'm not saying that you, I don't want to put that on anybody. I'd rather put this on you, that that you better uh, hope and pray that the grace and mercy that I teach out of the Bible is as great as I teach it, uh, because a lot of you are going to need it. But I'm not clinging to grace and mercy alone. Uh, I'm clinging to, I'm doing everything I can in this hour to pursue Jesus Christ and to pursue uh, the truths of the word of God. Let me say it again, deception. This is how deception works. Deception works like this. It, it, it com- it's a spirit. It comes in alongside of what you believe to be true. And, and then it ever so slightly begins to twist that truth, which is the word wicked, is a twisting of the truth. Ever so slightly, and it takes time. You, you're not deceived overnight. You're deceived over a long period of time. And it goes like this. Uh, Satan will try to get you to taste something that's good but ungodly but really doesn't look ungodly. Let's just talk about church attendance. I know this is a hot topic, and I know when we talk about it, uh, some of you get nervous and, and think I'm legalistic and religious. Well, yeah, it could be it could be legalism if, if we're a dead church and there's no life in it, if God's not here. But that's not what the point we're making here. The point we're making here is church to the believer is like uh, food to a dog. Go ahead and fill your dog's bowl up, and if it doesn't run to that, there's something wrong with your dog. That's what church should be to us. 
It, it should be like the the di- the dinner bell, uh, the bell before dinner. It should be like the horn blowing uh, for assembly. Uh, there should be an excitement in us. Uh, there should be a fervor in us uh, to run to the house of God, uh, to corporately come and celebrate our God, to re- to receive a new prophecy, to receive new orders, to receive uh, you know new enemy positions, and on and on it goes. Uh, but it should not never, ever, ever uh, be a weight or a burden for you to come to church. And a lot of you have turned it into that. A lot of you Sunday morning is almost like torture because you come out of obligation. You don't come out of passion. You don't come out of love anymore. It's become like an obligation. It's become like a weight and a burden. Some of you even come because you feel like if I don't come, pastor's going to you know dog me or, or chase me. I will, but not to dog you. I chase you because a good shepherd chases after sheep that are trying to get lost. A good shepherd uh, washes the world off of sheep that fall in the mud. A good shepherd uh, prepares, a good shepherd pours oil on the head of the sheep to keep the flies out of their eyes and out of their ears. So yeah, I'm coming after you. But how embarrassing is it that you leave the flock in deception to go to the beach during church time? Oh, I touched a nerve. How embarrassing is it? Oh, oh, pastor, we just needed a day off. A day off from what? A day off from me? Okay, maybe. But beyond me, God's here. So you need a day off from God. All right, let let me help you with this. I'll I'll be you for a second. Not all of you, but I'll be somebody that, that acts this way. God, you're too much for me. Your message is too heavy for me. Uh, your, your church service too long for me. Uh, your worship's too loud for me. I got to get up too early for you, God. So I got to have a break. I can't give to you. God. Now, hold on now, 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 now mind you this, you can give your boss at the job you hate, uh, 40 hours a week and never miss. Oh, but you can't give God two days. Hey, did your boss uh, sacrifice his only son for you? Did his son hang on a cross? Was his son brutally murdered? Uh, was was his son flayed? Did his son bleed uh, the very liquid of his life out and, and go into to complete and total body failure uh, to give his life for you? And the answer is no. Jesus did that. Come on, preacher, pretty good. But this is all in high deception. Like, like if you brush church off, like, oh, I can go next week, or I can go... You're living with help from a demon influence. Now, you may think I'm, I'm like too radical and I'm ridiculous. Well, the days come. You're going to see exactly who I was. You're going to see if you're left behind, you're going to see it real quick, real quickly. But even if you make it and then you go to judgment, God's going to say, why didn't you listen to your pastor? Why did you think your pastor was a joke? Why did you think your pastor talked about demons so much, too much? Why'd you roll your eyes when your pastor tried to warn you about the demon influence? Or maybe you go to heaven and your kids aren't there. And then God's going to say, well, your pastor tried to tell you, your pastor tried to help you, but you rolled your eyes in your mind. You rolled your eyes at his message because it was just too severe for you. I, I can't say it any other way. The message of Jesus Christ is extremely severe. There's nothing about the message of God that's not severe. You you, you, there, you can't take it any other way. You, you can't like just tiptoe barely, maybe I'll become a Christian, just kind of. No. 
you step into this thing, you either step into it fully or, or, or you're not in it at all. But in these last days, we need to accelerate. God's trying to accelerate us in these last days. God's trying to move us into new areas. God's trying to do things to us and through us and with us in these last days to lead people back, to rescue people, and get them in uh, the very rapture. Let me help you here. Oh, I'm not on a soapbox. I'm not on a rant today. Uh, We are in an hour that I have to preach this way. I have to turn some of you from these deceptive ways of a demon. If you, let me ask you this. So let's just say uh, if you are, uh, what's it called when people have personalities? Let's say you have schizophrenia. All right, just answer me, those listening, those watching. Answer where you're sitting from. Is it normal to have more than one personality? Now, some of you are like, well, maybe. No, the answer is is that's not normal. That's abnormal. To have more than one personality, to be more than one individual. So that, that'd be like saying if you think it's normal to have more than one personality, that means there's like 10 people living on the inside of you and, and we don't know which one we're getting until you wake up the next day, and then we'll see who arrives. That's called demon-possessed, full of demons. That's what that's called. Uh, but some of you are living a split life. Some of you are double agents. Dr. Barclay said this years ago. Some of you are double agents, and some of you, uh, you show up one day and you're a Christian because you get around Christians, but then when you get around the, the world, you're worldly because you want to fit in. That's a very extremely dangerous person. Uh, yeah, you transmit information to the enemy. You you, you transfer you, you you transmit our plan uh, to the enemy. Some of you go around uh, you, you go around to the you know the world and you tell them you make fun of us. You know you make fun. We pray in tongues. We lay on the floor. They were pastor thinks he's radicalized. Pastor thinks there's demons everywhere. You know, pastor thinks we're going to heaven before a rapture. Pastor thinks all this. And then you come to church and you, oh, yeah, pastor, I believe, I believe, I believe. And then you go back to your friends. You say, oh, my God, you know, th- this pastor has just lost his mind. These people are crazy. And then you come back to church. That That's that's a double mind. That's, that's, like, that's like evil. But in deception, you think that's normal. Now, maybe you've seen an image of this through the years that a family member, you've seen people live this lifestyle, and, and you just, that's only the only image you've had of Christianity. Well, let me help you find a severe pastor, find a severe group of people like New Way Church and others. There's more of us all over the world. But go find someone who's radically been changed by the grace, love, and mercy of God and who is possessed with the Holy Spirit and acts accordingly. Find that person, get around them, and let them disciple you, and they'll make a man out of you. They'll make a woman out of you. They're not going to make a sissy Christian out of you. Okay, amen. Let's go a little further. In this book, end times are going to come. They're here period. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. I really don't at this point. I, I think you you better get over your little, your little, uh, you know, uh, thoughts, your little premonitions, your little opinions, because uh, the, the word of God prophecy is being fulfilled before our very eyes. There's proof of it. So your opinions don't overcome the word of God. And then it says, for men shall be lovers of their own flesh. This is a sign of the end times. Men shall be lovers of their own flesh. Check. Uh, covetous check boasters check now now this is from the beginning of time 
but we're into hyperdrive. If you go study these words or look in the Amplified version, version to understand, we can check these off, that these went from 0 to 10, and they're at 10 pushing toward off the charts. Uh, and this is a sign of the end times. Bla proud, check. Blasphemers, check. Disobedient parents, check. Hey, kids, the only promise you have from God from living a long life is to honor your fathers and your mothers. So you're in your disobedience, deceived ones. Uh, now, your mother and your father, they don't have to be, you don't have to be controlled, manipulated by them. But there still has to be a level of honor, even if they're ungodly. It doesn't mean you have to go be around them. Uh, but you be very careful what you say about them, how you treat them, how you talk to them, and on and on it goes. But, but check, 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 check on disobedient uh, to parents. Uh, unthankful, check. Unholy. And this is in the church. There's a lot of you in the church that are unthankful. Now, you'll say right now, no, I'm not. Well, hold on. If you're really thankful, like you're really thankful and you really understand the blessings of God in your lives, you can't have a bad day. Because what God's done for you through the years already uh, so severely outweigh anything you could go through. What God's given you in Christ Jesus, it, it changes the balance of everything. So if you're thankful in a bad day, you'll be like, I'm still breathing. If you're thankful in a bad day, I still got dinner. I still got, I'm not laying in a hospital bed. I'm not dying. I don't, I don't have a terminal, terminal illness. Uh, I have my, you know, my legs, my arms, I have my eyes, my ear. There's always something to be thankful for. But in this season, there's uh, truly unthankful people, unholy. There's a lot of unholy Christians. Paul said you're lukewarm. That's an unholy Christian. You can still go to heaven and be unholy, but why would you want to? If you love Jesus Christ, love him. Sell out to him. Give him everything. Sell everything. Give everything to the gospel. Uh, put your faith in God. Put all your trust in God. Don't put like a percentage of it. Put your trust in God. Faith in God. Put your trust in God. Trust your God. Amen. He goes on to say a little further here. Uh, he says, um, uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, uh, false accusers, are you kidding me? We see that on the highest level. Uh, people that stand for good are being falsely accused at the highest level in society. Uh, so check. Uh, incontinent, check. Fierce, check. Despiser of those who are doing good. Once again, at the highest level. Uh, Donald Trump may have some issues. Oh, I said the word. All you little uh, Democrat, little you know, demon-driven people, just take a deep breath, chill out. He's not my savior. I'm not, I'm not looking to him to save the world or save the economy. I look to Jesus Christ for those things. But Donald Trump came and took a position he didn't need to take or fulfill. A lot of you say he took it because he's arrogant and he needed that for a feather in his cap, whatever. Well, he, sta he stood for the principles of Christianity. And he was attacked because of the demon that, uh, demons that drive deceptive or deceived people and he was attacked and despised because uh, he stood for good things. Now, maybe his life wasn't holy. Maybe he himself uh, wasn't perfect. Neither am I. But he was standing. He was against abortion. Uh, he, he was against uh, same-sex marriage. He was against, he stood for the Bible. Now, his life may have said something different, but that's not what he stood for. He never told us to do uh, the bad things that he did in his past. He never told us to do that. 
But anyhow, we see this at the highest. Those in government now that are siding with the Bible are being wrongly accused at the highest level. It's demonic. It's an end-time characteristic of the devil. Uh, then it goes to, we get through all that, and says they love pleasure more than they love God. That's in the church. Some of you live uh, incorrectly. You live outside of marriage with a lover, or, or you're having sex, or you're having your little sin, or you keep on sinning, you keep on smoking your weed, you keep on drinking your drink, you keep on cussing and talking like a demon, you go to all the demonic shows, and you know it's wrong, but the Bible said it in the, in the last times, they'll love their pleasure more than they love their God. Those evil things have become a pleasure to you, a natural pleasure to your natural being, to your soul. And you place the love for those things, or or what uh, those things, how they make you feel, like sex before marriage. Yeah, it feels good. Sex feels good, uh, but you can't put that pleasure above obedience to God as a Christian. And you shouldn't. And if you do, once again, you're deceived. As a Christian, if you're drinking. Now, it's always, I know we went over, I'm going to go over. If you don't like it, tune off, and we'll come back. You can come back on another time or something. But you think about this. People drink, people use the word of God deceptively to make it say what they need it to say to cover their sin. All right? So I don't understand. I've never understood this, how people could read the first miracle of Jesus in Canaan. He, he goes to a wedding, and he turns water into wine. Uh, all of a sudden, we, we have to assume that the, the water that he turned into wine was alcoholic. So Jesus' first miracle was getting everybody drunk. That, that's what a lot of you think. A lot of you think they're having a wedding. The, the, it's, a, it's a Christian wedding because Jesus was there. His mother was there. Uh, and uh, they're half drunk on bad wine. They're half drunk on Ripple. They're, they're passing out Colt 45s. They're passing out Ripple. They got a horrible headache and hangover for cheap alcohol. And then all of a sudden, here comes Jesus, and he starts producing the, these $100,000, $500,000 bottles of wine and gets everybody drunk properly. How ridiculous is that? Well, some of you have been under the deceptive spirit of a demon and think that way. Why not think this? Why not think Jesus takes a bucket of water and within that bucket of water, he makes the, the sweetest of juice from the vine, off the tree, squeezed, separated from the seed and pulp, and presents to you a clear glass of beautiful grape juice without alcohol. That's just as miraculous. But why do we go the other way? Because you're living in deception. Oh, it's getting quiet. I heard church mice. They're running scurrying. Are you still here? Let's go a little further. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Now I'm going to save the last part because this is where I want to get. They have a form of godliness. A form of godliness is religion. Religion is godless. Religion is taking pieces of the word of God and making them a legalistic action, activity without God. So that, so that means now you have a man's run religion. That's what uh, that's what all these other religions are. All these other like uh, uh, you know religious like uh, 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 what do they call Jehovah's Witness, Seven Day this this that. All these people, Th these are men 
uh, deriving scripture and then compiling a law or a rule in which man governs you. Man's rule governs you. That's religion without God. It's a form of God because it's derived from the scriptures, but it's not God because man's now running it. Are you still here? And, And denying the power means... You're denying the fullness of the Scripture, the intent of the Scripture, and this is the biggest one you deny. Uh, Sinners or deceived people deny this last person the most, the Holy Spirit. If you're a sinner, a little backslidden, a lot backslidden, or deceived Christian, uh, the biggest problem you have is with the operations of the Holy Spirit. That'd be a good meter to check yourself. If tongues make you uncomfortable, uh, there's a spirit, not, I'm not saying possessing you, but there's a spirit leading and guiding you and perverting the very doctrine of Jesus Christ. If you get nervous, we lay hands on people. If you get nervous, it screams in church. If you get nervous when we deliver someone from a demon and it begins to uh, you know, uh, scream and try to tear them on the way out, if that makes you nervous as a Christian, uh, your, chances are you're pretty deceived. If us worshiping God with the raising of hands and jumping and dancing uh, embarrasses you, you're deceived. Come on now. Uh, tongue interpretation of tongue makes you nervous. You're deceived. If you tell people, and shame on you, number one, if you invite people. Now, I've known this for years, but Dylan and I were just listening to Lester Summerall before the broadcast. And he said, a lot of you think pastors grow the church. And the answer is no. Pastors beget pastors. Sheep beget sheep. Sheep produce sheep. I can't produce sheep. I tend to the flock. I take care of you. I feed you. I wash you. I protect you. I clean you. And on and on it goes. But the sheep's job is to produce more sheep. But if you don't invite people to this church because you feel like it's too much for them, it's too deep. It's going to offend. It's going to scare people off. You, my friend, are deceived. Because it's it's this very kind of church that a young Richard Summerlin, ignorant concerning the spirit and the, the operation and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I was completely, totally ignorant to it. But it was that kind of church that revolutionized my life for eternity. So next time you want to apologize or, or, or be a little cutesy, be a little shy because our church prays in tongues because that's the truth. Our church preaches the gospel because that's the truth. Our our church does the things Jesus Christ told us to do, and you're ashamed of it? Just call yourself deceived. Next time you're ashamed or you make excuses for the truth of Jesus Christ and his word, you next time just call yourself little deceived one. Just when you get in the car and you you've tucked your tail, you didn't pull you close the deal on either winning them to Jesus Christ when he told you to or or telling them inviting them to church to get free. And if you don't do that, get in your car and shame, tuck your tail and say I am a deceived one. Because that's what the Bible says. Uh, uh, you should not make excuses. You should be excited about the things of God. I am so excited that I was introduced to the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and the Scripture. I am so excited that I received and was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I am so excited that I pray in tongues. I do that for hours. I pray in other tongues. I'm so excited about it. I want to tell the world about it. Because without the Holy Spirit, I'd still be a bond man. It's only by the Holy Spirit that I'm a free man. Can you say amen?
Now, now, hold on. Here's the last part. Here's the last part. Glory to God. It, it says in the, the last part of this, the end times, you'll know this. It says, uh, some shall be lovers flesh, yada, yada, we got through that. Having such form of godliness, designing the power thereof, from such stay away. Oh, hold on now. Because some of you refuse to break relationship. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. We're going to call this the super podcast because we broke all the rules of podcasting, uh, of times and different things. All right. God said people that act like this stay away from. But here's the mistake that you've made through the years. You've tied your soul to them incorrectly, and you can't get free from them now. Oh, maybe I'll pray in tongues some more. (laughs) I feel like hiding for some of you. Like when we watch Dylan, when we watch, we don't watch them anymore because they got so evil. We used to watch like America's Got Talent, you know, and all that stuff. The different shows when someone was really horrible, Nick and I would hide our face because we're so embarrassed. I feel like hiding my face because some of you watching this broadcast, you're guilty to all these things. Now, I'm not perfect and I'm not your judge and I'm not the standard, but I'm one severe dude concerning the things of God and I know what's right and wrong. And I prophetically see some things in the body of Christ that should not be. I see a lot more than you think I see. You've reduced me. Some of you have reduced me to your little, cute, nice-dressing pastor that comes and takes attendance and and has a little speech, and then we just go. It's our little club. You've reduced me to that. But that doesn't mean I don't see uh, through your flesh into the very soul, into the very intent of your heart. That's prophetic. That's apostolic. I see things. Now, a lot of times I don't say things because some of you won't receive it anyway. I'd waste my breath. But the Bible says from such people break fellowship with, from such people don't go to dinner with, from such people don't associate with, from such people don't little have gossip little text times with, from such people don't have little drinks with, don't go to bar hour, don't go to happy hour, uh, don't go to, come on, and on and on it goes. From such people, he says, get away from them because those very people are helping the demon influence that's trying to deceive you at the highest level, and the highest level of deception is to get you to deny Jesus Christ. Wow. Glory to God. Come on, that's the end times. I can go on and on. I can go on about your little prophets. I've I've told you about your little prophets, and you don't even have an ear to hear it. Uh, The Bible says, uh, know them who labor among you, Uh, Know them by the fruit they produce, not the title they carry. This is how you receive a prophet, most of you. Not all of you, some of you, I don't know. And it's not a rant. This is Holy Spirit driven. Some of you, they look weird, they talk weird, they have weird eyes, they have weird little quirks about them, and you say, oh, they're different, they're weird, they're odd, they got to be a prophet. All right, let's, let's rewrite the scripture now. Because you have a, a certain uh, uh, influenced, I'll say it like this, you have a certain influenced idea of what a prophet should look like, but it's not God-influenced, it's demonic-influenced. So let's rewrite the scripture. If they're weird, if their eyes are weird, if they have an accent, if they do weird things with their hands, if they do make weird noises, uh, they're prophets. The answer is no. All right. Uh, uh, 
if they know your address, if they know your favorite color, if they know your favorite food, if they kind of know something about you, uh, they're true prophets. Still know. Bible actually says in Matthew uh, 24, 24, that the end time, there's going to be false prophets that will have signs and wonders. Somehow they'll manifest signs and wonders to deceive you. That's what the Bible says. And it warns you against them. But God said, know my true prophets, my true pastors, my true fivefold ministers, by the fruit they possess, uh, you should be able to perceive and see a true man, woman of God in the fivefold offices afar off by the, the actions, the peace, the love, the mannerisms, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit uh, should be evident in their life. Can you say amen? Uh, some of you are forwarding evil. When you give your money uh, because you've been misled to false prophets saying false prophecies, you're stopping the gospel, you're hindering the gospel, and you're forwarding demonic propaganda. You're forwarding confusion. Uh, you're anti-God at that point because you're helping an anti-God message, and in doing so, you're bringing confusion to the truth of God's word. Straighten up, body of Christ. Get full of God. Get full of the Holy Spirit. Get full of fire. Get close to Jesus. Read your Bible. Let him fan the flame again of fire on the inside of you. These are the days we live. The signs are all around us. The attacks are, are extreme, but we have a promise and a covenant with the Almighty God. Oh, come on. Uh, say that. We have a promise and a covenant with the Almighty God. Hey, I'm not get I'm not going to get old and tired, and I'm not going to get old and let the message get get silent. No, no. I'm becoming louder and stronger and more radical than I've ever become because I'm getting closer to God than I've ever been. Oh, I love you. God bless you. I hope this helps. Hey, let me hear from you. Usually the ones that are listening to this are, are the ones that are not guilty to what I'm, what I'm uh, preaching and releasing. I'm kind of preaching to the choir, so to speak. Uh, but I'd still like to hear from you. I love you. Thank God for you. Uh, I'll see you soon. Go on our website, go on our different things, richardsummerlin.com, newwaychurchfl.com, our YouTube channel. Share this stuff. Help us. Put it out. Tell people to you know jump on. Until next time.